The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Hello, everyone out there. Yes, this is your host, Vincent Jenna. I am coming to you live from Holly Springs, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, just in case people out there don't know where Holly Springs is. Beautiful area, and it's one of those beautiful and a very warm day here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm sure some of you in Florida and in tropical um, environments are laughing at me right now. Arizona, you know, you don't know what hot is. Well, um, it's hot to me, and that's that's all that matters right now is how I feel in my environment here. But welcome to the show. Um, We have an interesting subject today that I will be getting to. But just a couple of announcements. Please join me next month for sure. We've got Father's Day and also it's the summer solstice coming up, right? The longest day of the year, which is amazing because we're coming upon halfway through the year. And once we hit the longest day of the year, then it's the sunrise and the sunset. The days start shortening in light. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we are counting down, counting down to Christmas. <laughs> I know it's early, but then we got July and they do Christmas in July. So it's not that early. Crazy. The time just going by the way it's going by. But yes, but month month of June is going to be great. And by popular demand, I will be having my daughter back to continue her talk, her inspiring talk of the complete change in personality and attitude. Well, not really a complete change in bringing out her fullness in taking a self-love step in order to have lost over 175 pounds now. And it's not about the weight loss. It's about the self-love. And so she, her show, she was just on a couple of weeks ago and absolutely everybody adored her. I've got some incredible responses from her show. And you can go back and listen to it, obviously, Go to unityonlineradio.org and listen to my session with the special guest, Completely Transform Her Life, Kimberly. So, yeah, so she'll be coming back at the end of June to continue a story because there was so much more that she didn't, um, what we didn't have time to share. The hour went by so quickly with all that she was sharing was just amazing. And um, let's see, some other subjects that I would really love to touch on, only because they come up recently. I've had a couple of clients, and I know some people. You know, and it's so funny because I was just posing a question to um, one of the uh, studio um, technicians. I said, when do you think in our lives growing up, Did we receive the most positive attention? Now, a lot of people would think, oh, when when we did something good. Yeah, yeah, you got praised. Oh, yeah, you got rewarded. You got patted on the back. Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. Okay, great. Vinny, how beautiful. When I performed, you know, I got, you know, positive attention. But think about it. All the other times you're getting corrected and, and things like that. But there is a time during our youths that we receive the most positive attention. And the reason why I am asking that question is because it relates directly with some things that go on with some people in their adult lives. The answer to that question, if you're wondering, is when we were ill, when we were sick, when we weren't feeling well. Now, of course, 
that is the norm that we received a lot of that attention. Either mommy, you know, was making us, she would hold us, she would stroke our hair, you know, make us have some comfort food, didn't make us go to school, didn't make us do the chores, lay down in bed, relax, get better. They felt bad for us. Or when we got hurt, right, they felt bad for us, our parents, even dad. You know, how's the kid doing? Oh, he's better. You know, his fever's down. Now, that doesn't mean that every single parent, there was some parents that would do just the opposite. Come on, buck it up. You know, stop being a baby, whatever. You know, but those are the outliers. That wasn't the norm. Those were abusive parents anyway. But for the norm, when we were ill, we received the most attention. Why does that matter today? Because if your emotional needs were not met when you were younger, you're going to be seeking to meet them all through your adult lives. Yes, you do. You seek it through the relationships you try to attract. You hear people saying it, you know, in relationships, so you don't fulfill my emotional needs. That's right. So you're constantly seeking it. And so you'll seek it any way you can. Now, it's not always conscious that you seek it when it comes to the negative things that happen in your life. But unconsciously or consciously, you very easily create negative circumstances so that you can share them with others. How many of you, I'm I'm sure all of you, have the experience, if you pay attention to any social media, I mean, Facebook is famous for this, everybody hanging out their laundry, shall we say, right? That's a term that means they're hanging out all their dirty stuff. Well, I I think that that's actually um, a really bad um, metaphor, because I remember that when my mother hung out the laundry, it was already cleaned. <laughs> she didn't hang out the dirty stuff. But that phrase is meaning your dirty laundry. You're hanging out your dirty laundry for all to see. And people will share their stuff. Oh, my, you know, pictures of them in the hospital. They were in a car accident. They fell You see all their injuries on Facebook. Why do they do that? You know, to inform everybody? Oh, just this is just to let everybody, including all of those people that I have accepted friendships with that I have absolutely no idea who you are. Just want to let you know I fell down. I broke my ankle. Look at it. Look at how swollen it is. And it's so black and blue. Or their financial issues. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, I I understand those that put out something there because they're trying to, you know, um, have donations for a good cause. Usually they put out something for someone else or an event, not necessarily for themselves, though I have seen some people actually list charitable organizations for themselves, asking for donations. And and, I mean, I I can understand that. That's not so bad. But I'm talking about the ones that are just sharing all the nonsense or how, how, how bad life is. I need prayers. Why do they do that? Because they're seeking attention. Because they hadn't had any good positive attention. So they're still seeking to get their emotional needs met. They're supposed to be met as a child. Once you become an adult, no other person can ever meet your emotional needs except yourself. And you don't do it by seeking attention from others because that's getting others to fulfill your emotional needs. You do it by soothing and comforting and loving yourself. So there are a lot of people who will call me and they share, they literally list all the things that are wrong in their lives. And meanwhile, I'm the psychic. They want a reading, but they're going to share with me all the things that are wrong. So I know, and I know usually from the moment that they get on the call, that they're not there to receive any answers. They're not there wanting any guidance. They're there to want me to validate their pains and to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yes, I know life sucks. 
I can't believe you've gone through that. You know, um, when my daughter was on the air, we were talking about issues that I had or she had with parent with us growing up. And it really wasn't an issue. But one of the things that she realized that she would get upset with me is I was one that always believed in her and told her, oh, I know you're going to be fine. You do great in all of this. I know, honey, you get all all upset. Um, and that's okay if you want to be upset. Just know that you, it's going to be okay. You you do good. You know, you're good in school. You know, I don't have anything to worry about that. Your mother and I don't worry about that. And she didn't want to hear that. She didn't want to hear that. That was as a child. She wanted to be validated. She wanted me to go, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. How are you going to get through this school year and get all your work done? Oh, my gosh, I understand. That's, oh, you must be in so much pain I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I wasn't going to enable her. So it may have bothered her for a while for her mother and I to keep telling her, honey, you're going to be okay. You you do every year, you know, every year. Think about, think about last school year. You started the year. You were upset about the same stuff. And look at how you finished. You finished on the honor roll at the end of the year. And just I'm not worried that you're going to get the stuff done. Just maybe relax, have a little bit more confidence. That's what we kept instilling. It took her a while, and it finally set in in her adult years. But during her childhood, she was seeking that that um, she wanted us to commiserate with her. You don't commiserate with children. You can say, oh, I, I understand you're upset. That That's the extent of the validation I would give her. But you're going to turn around and say, and you should be reinforcing then the positive. I believe in you. You're very talented. You're very smart. You're very gifted. I'm not worried if you get a B, if you get a C, so what? It's okay. Even that you'll bounce back from. It's all right. So that's as a child we naturally want to do that. But as an adult, when we do that, we're never fulfilled with the answers we receive. We never are fulfilled, even from the validating all of the crises and going, oh my gosh, and commiserating. It doesn't help. It does not help to constantly be telling somebody, oh, okay, I know how you feel. It's going to be terrible because what you're doing is you're enabling them. That's exactly what they're seeking. They're seeking that attention. So <clears throat> when you come across, I'm not saying be cold, but when you come across a person who all they want to do is complain about how mes- miserable it is, do what I would do with my daughter and then change the subject. Wow, I'm I'm sure it's got to be really difficult for you to have to go through that. But I believe in you because you've come out on landing on your feet all the time. That's really good. Um, I'm sure and I'm sure that that's going to happen. For Oh, I don't know. This time it's different. Well, it may feel different. But, you know, knowing you and seeing how you constantly land on your feet, I just believe that you're going to be okay because that's who you are. Um, uh, You know what I was going to ask you? I was going to ask you, remember that recipe for chicken that you made the other day um, that you were telling me about? What's that recipe? You're such a good cook, right? Reinforce their positive. They, they, don't want to see their positives. And, and I had this yesterday with a client, a young client, and she was insisting she wants to get better, but she literally listed every single thing that was wrong. And I understand, but I told her, you don't want to let go of that because you're afraid to let go of that. You know how to deal with life when it's in crisis mode. Because you've gotten used to that. You've had a lot of crises. Um, Of course, as an adult, you wind up manifesting more crises for yourself. But they survive during those crises. Some of these people are very resilient when it comes to crises. Now, they may not want to acknowledge that. But you always see them standing back up on their feet again, waiting for the next crisis. 
And so the reason why they want to hold on to the crises is because they know how to survive. They're used to their coping mechanism. They're used to getting through it some way or another, even though it drags them down emotionally each time. It's exhausting, totally exhausting. It's all unnatural. It's an unnatural way to be, but it's the only way they know. It's the security blanket. They're afraid. With some of these people, I ask them, what would you feel if you didn't have any crises? How would you feel? They don't even know what to answer. They, they, they get dumbfounded. They get quiet. And they say, well, I don't know. You would think the response out of someone's mouth who doesn't want to live through crises turns around and says, oh, my God, I'd be so happy. But they don't say that. They don't acknowledge that. They actually say, I don't know, because they're right. They don't know what it is like to be happy. And if they do, in some of the moments that they've had where they were happy, somehow, some way, they sabotaged it, or it was sabotaged if they're younger, and they lost it. And so now they're completely fearful. Because when you feel good, this is crazy about humans and minds. When you feel good and you lose that feeling, it's very painful. When you feel bad and you expect to feel bad, then there's nothing but just feeling bad. Right? You usually don't go lower unless you get severely depressed and you become suicidal. But if you're feeling bad, you're used to feeling bad. Bad is your baseline feeling and there's no lower than that you can't get disappointed because you already feel bad think about that for a moment well i'm already feeling bad so how much worse can i feel but if you're happy and you go above that baseline and you're feeling maybe joy at some time and you lose that joy okay that's like you're in the middle of eating your favorite dessert, right in the middle of it, or you just started taking a couple of bites and somebody comes along and rips it out of your hand. And you didn't get the satisfaction of finishing that incredible whatever it was. For me, it would be some wonderful dessert. They ripped it right out of your hands. It's painful. It's like, oh, my God, what a deprivation. It's one of the reasons why people who know that they're ill don't go to doctors because they don't want to hear the doctor turn around and say, sorry, you can't do that anymore. Sorry, you can't eat that anymore. Otherwise, you're going to die. They don't want to hear it, so they ignore it, right? Because the deprivation hurts so much. However, what people don't understand, the risk of feeling joy in your life is so worth it. And bliss, it's so worth it. And I will quote a very famous author, playwright, who wrote, Better to have loved and lost than to have never loved before. There is a movie and a book. The, the movie is based on the book that you should go and rent and you'll understand this. It's called Flowers for Algernon. I love that story. Love that story. And it's all about a man who is mentally handicapped, intellectually handicapped, but doesn't know it. And he's the nicest guy around. Everybody loves him, but everybody makes fun of him too. But he doesn't know it. So it's constant joy, 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 at least in appearance. But he doesn't know because he is intellectually handicapped. He doesn't know what joy is. Right? And it's actually 
a story based on Voltaire, who was a philosopher who posed an ethical question to his students. And the ethical question was, would you rather be the happiest person alive but completely ignorant or the wisest man alive and completely unhappy? And what people did not know is that was a fallacied question. But they would spend hours and hours arguing and debating the issue. Oh, I'd rather know everything. I don't care if I'm not happy. I'd rather know everything that I could. Oh, I don't want to. You kidding? I'd rather be happy and be dumb. Ignorant is bliss. They're arguing back and forth without realizing you can't be either. And Flowers for Algernon was a book and a story taken right off of that. Um, And the reason why I'm sharing this with you today is because we have to begin to understand our behaviors and why people behave the way they do and why do people want to stay miserable? Why do they want to stay ignorant? Do they know something more? My answer to that is no, they don't know. Because there is no such capacity in being ignorant yet completely happy. Because if you were ignorant, you wouldn't know what the feeling of happiness was. So therefore, you couldn't feel what you can't define. And if you were the wisest person around, you certainly wouldn't be unhappy because you would know how to make yourself happy, right? So there is no way that both can exist in the same plane. Total joy and ignorance cannot exist. They cannot coexist. They are mutually exclusive from each other, just the same as wisdom and unhappiness. Because you got to be pretty dumb if you don't know how to be happy and make yourself happy. So you can't be wise. So, therefore, people do know why they will hold on to things. They're just afraid, afraid to let go of the ills, afraid to let go of the crises. Afraid to let go, afraid to be happy, afraid to be happy. But like Shakespeare said, they have to allow themselves that flavor. Because if I'm eating that dessert, even if it is taken away from me, at least I had a chance to taste something good that I enjoyed. Even if it was brief, Maybe it wasn't meant to be long-lasting, but at least we got the taste of it. Maybe life here isn't supposed to be completely fixed or resolved. Like, what is life supposed to look like here on this planet? Right? Is it supposed to be in a perfect order, in a perfect condition? Then if it wasn't a perfect condition and there was no challenges, and there were no challenges, and there were no um, ways of growing beyond the perfection of this planet and life here, why would we be here? What would be the purpose of it? Now, I don't believe we set up the challenges intentionally, but I do believe challenges come along as we're trying to discover who we are. But if we're going to be fearful of taking steps and believing in ourselves and fearful of wanting to be or becoming happy, really happiness is a choice. The moment you allow yourself to be happy, you can absolutely stop manifesting the crises. You can absolutely stop manifesting the crises. 
but it's choice. Don't tell me, oh, I want to. Remember, because I'll turn around and I'll say, well, most people don't believe what they think they believe because you've got those anomalies going on in your brain there and you've got defense mechanisms which shielding you from really what you truly believe. So when you turn around and you say, I don't want these crises happening to me, I'll turn around and say you're wrong. Because if they're happening, ain't nobody making them happen to you except you. You're making them happen. So if you're making them happen, some part of you is either unaware that you're making them happen or at this point, if so many have happened, then you know what's making them happen and you're choosing to hold on to that. Choosing. And when I go deep enough with people and I get them to answer why they're choosing to hold on to their misery, the answer is because I'm afraid to be happy and lose it. And that's why so many people you will see repeat crises in their lives because they are afraid, completely afraid not to have a crisis. Or not to be, well, here's the thing. This is the reason why I always say life is black or white. We're going to be talking, I I know the subject today was talking about spirits, good, bad, or your imagination. When we come back from the break, we're going to go into that. But this was just an important subject because of so many people that I know that contacted me recently, willing and wanting to suffer. So this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. This is where we stop you from making yourself suffer come on back and stay with me and we're going to get into another part that that this leads right into i'm vincent jenna and this is unity online radio hang in there it gets even better Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. I'm back, and this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. If you're just joining us, yes, I was just talking about people who need to be enabled because they didn't have their emotional needs met when they were younger. And we are going to be talking about spirits in just one moment. But I just remembered a conversation that I had with somebody because they were asking me, well, what happens if you have a relative, a family member or a friend even who does that, that as soon as you're with them, all they do is talk about all the terrible things. I have that. My wife and I have that. We have a very dear friend, um, a couple of them, actually. And so my my answer to you is, First, examine why you attracted a friend like that in your life, or did they become that way? That's one thing. But if you attracted that friend in your life, maybe you have a need to want to fix, to want to help. And so you attract somebody who thinks he or she is broken. That's the best type of person to attract if you're trying to help, if you feel that you need to help the world. Right. So you're constantly trying to boost up and fix and help and support and give the right answer to. So that, you know, could be a reason. Now, that gets tiring after a while. You know, you get drained when it's the same thing and you're not fixing. Why are you asking me for help and guidance when you're not using it and you're not doing anything to change? Now, you know that the situation and the relationship is for a different reason. Is that person your friend? Because they care about you and love you? Or is that person your friend because they need the food you're feeding them? You're feeding them emotional support of some kind that they absolutely need or a drug. Quite honestly, a person that is receiving support that does nothing but complain about life and have crises in his or her life is using you as a drug. You're no better than, you know, meth, cocaine. You know, you're you're, they're using you momentarily. You're a quick fix. And I'm sure when you look at it that way, you don't want to be that to anybody. You don't want to be that to anybody. 
So some advice that I give to people is let's say you have a friend like that who immediately goes into that mode, go in to change the subject mode instantaneously so that you're not enabling them. Oh, wow. And then boom. Oh, did you hear what happened to Jimmy last week? You know, now, now that works most of the time and they do get the message and they can't stop complaining. That does work. However, it doesn't work all the time. Um, someone recently told me that they did that with somebody and the person turned around and responded and said, well, stop changing the subject. And the response that I said that would be quite appropriate would be, well, I am going to continue to change the subject if you're going to do nothing but talk about all the horrible stuff that is happening to you because you, in my belief system, you are creating more of that. I love you too much to keep allowing you to do that. From, through me. Now, if they don't accept that, then you understand why they have that uh, you there. And if it gets into a discussion, really, well, I thought you cared about, oh, I absolutely do care about you. And I understand that you're going through crisis, but you have to understand that if you keep harboring on the crisis, you're going to create more crises. That's the way life works. And I don't want to just be here to enable the negative stuff that you're going through life. I would love to be here and support all the wonderful things. Well, there's not any wonderful things happening to me. There are wonderful things. You got up this morning, you started breathing. That was the most important, wonderful thing that happened to you today. And you're not willing to acknowledge that. Then what am I here for as a friend for you? What is it you need from me? To constantly say it's okay that you're suffering. Oh, I understand. Oh, you poor thing. I'm not going to do that because that is not helping you stop the situation or find some way to fix the situation. That doesn't help if I just go along with it. Now, isn't that what friends are supposed to do? Is it really a friend to just listen? If your friend took drugs, would you just sit there quietly by and let them take drugs? You know, you got to ask yourself these important questions. We're supposed to unconditionally love each other, not unconditionally accept each other. There is nothing in the rule book about accepting each other's faults and accepting each other's weaknesses. And matter of fact, if you get involved in somebody's life, and you are your brother's keeper, then there is a time to attempt to help. And if you can't, there's where distancing comes in. You know, there's where distancing, that you're not going to be part of their problem. You want to be part of their cure. So how can it be a cure not to be? No, you're unconditionally. I love you very much. I said this to you during a couple of years ago with what, what was going on, I'm not talking politics, but you know what I'm talking about during the time that there was all these different belief systems and there were some friends and people and family members that you couldn't believe some of the things that they said, right? Well, I, I distanced myself from a few of my friends, but I, I said to them, if you start finding a positiveness in your life and in yourself, please let me know. Come back. Why don't we come over and celebrate that together? I'll be right there by your side. But if you're going to continue to bash life, yourself, and human values, I'm not going to be the ear for you to do that with. So think about that momentarily when you're dealing with people. So now let's, let me meld that into the subject I was going to talk about because believe it or not, it, it is related. Spirits. Anomalies that may be in your home that you may be dealing with. I get a lot of people telling me, well, they do hear spirits. Or they hear their mother, they hear their father, they hear the angels. Oh, so many are hearing their angels. Angels talk to me all the time. How do you know if you're really hearing something, if you're hearing the voice of wonderful guidance or even negative stuff? Bad. There's also the opposite side. There's the lost spirits or the spirits that are stuck in the earthly plane that are frustrated, angry, resentful. Right. You may be hearing them. There are people who hear those spirits as well. 
Um, remember, even if you're not a trained medium or psychic, because we are all intuitive, you're connected to the exact same place I am. You just may not be aware of it, and it may be completely uncontrolled. And yes, you can go up, you're like an antenna, and you're going to pick up some things, good, bad, and indifferent. Or are you making them up altogether? Are you schizophrenic? Well, I know why. I can tell you this right now in my field, in the field of psychology, I actually believe there's more schizophrenics walking out there than they know. And that's not because I don't believe they're not hearing voices. I actually do believe they're hearing voices. A lot of them. But are they actual spirits? Or are they spirits that they created, that they made up? Yes. I'm not talking about hallucinations or delusions. Those are anomalies that occur in a, a brain that is acting dysfunctionally or has some pathology. The brain is capable of making up these things. But even the psychiatrists and doctors don't know how that actually works. On a spiritual level, you see, that's the reason why you can't exclude the fact that we're spiritual beings and we have power. So, in other words, if the brain is seeing something within its own mind, can that actually be projected now out into real life? The answer to that question is absolutely 100% yes. Plug in your brain to a plug, a power source, because that's what it is. Just think about that. So here you are visually seeing something in your mind's eye, which is within your brain. And now you're plugging that in and you're absolutely a projector. And you will project what you see in your mind out into the real world. And it can be so real, you could even touch it. That's right, I said you can touch it. Have any of you seen the new three-dimensional printers? Go research it on Google. They're amazing. So you can draw a picture or get a picture of something, a house, a tree, and you put it in this printer. And the printer actually has some kind of building fiber within it. So instead of ink, it uses this building stuff, almost like the sand art, the three-dimensional sand art that Brookstone the store was selling and that you can mold things with your hand and create little castles. It's the exact same way. They just designed it more so it solidifies. It doesn't become that hard. But in actuality, that printer will print out a three-dimensional object of what you sent to it to print. Yes, three dimensions. You can pick it up, hold it, see it. It's amazing. You're going to see more of those in the future. Absolutely. That's really cool. You know, it's great for kids. Oh, my gosh. They draw something and now all of a sudden, some uh, sudden you can make it physical. You can make it real. Now, that's technologically done already. So that comes from an unconscious understanding, who would create something like that? Who would think you can take and make something from 2D into 3D? I mean, yes, you're seeing it in movies. That's completely different. It's still visual and it's still flat. It just appears that way. Even a hologram that appears to be three-dimensional, you can stick your hand right through it. But now we're talking about actually making a 2D image into a 3D solid form. Where do you think somebody got that inspiration from? From the understanding unconsciously that 
the mind is capable of creating 3D. We have. We've created other beings. We've created other selves on the other side of the world. And I'm not just talking about incarnating. Right? So you can create your own demons, and I've spoke about this before. You can create your own voices in your head. And and it sound and it is from an outside source. It does feel like an outside source. You absolutely can create that and manifest it because you are projecting it outside of you. One of the ways, as soon as somebody tells me they've got an evil spirit following them, as a medium, my first responsibility is not to assure them or even acknowledge the fact that, yes, they have a real negative entity following them. Actually, my first course of action as a psychic and psychotherapist and medium is to find out and dig deep to see what's going on in that person's life. And you know something? Here's the most unusual thing. I have never heard a joyous person who believes in spirits have all these negative entities following them. Maybe once in in early on in their beginning journey, that can happen. Okay, but that's another story and another topic at another time. But for the most part, these are not people who are bothered by negative spiritual entities. Number one, they're self-protected. I told you that. The more positive you become, the more the wall of protection around you grows. You don't even have to do anything. You don't have to smudge sage or or sprinkle yourself with anointed oils or envision a white light or bubble around you. That's all nonsense stuff. And for inexperienced people, all you have to do is follow that spiritual path and the protection grows by itself. And so, no, that'll be one reason why they don't have negative entities approaching them. And the other reason is they don't have anything negative they're projecting in their own minds. So I have to go there first with the person. And yes, 99.9% of the times, 99.9, it's only like one, I can't even come up with the number, decimal number of the percentage of people that this is not true. But that amount of times that I have gone into a person's lives psychically who are troubled by negative entities, that 99.9999999% of them have negative lives. And there is a percentage of them then that are creating their own negative entities. That's not to say that there isn't such thing as a negative entity following somebody they can, but again, you're attracting them in. Either way, you're creating the situation. You're either manifesting them yourself or you're drawing them to you because of the energy you're putting out there. Either way, it's still in your hand. You're still in control of it. My point is that really positive people aren't bothered by negative entities. Really. On the occasion, there could be a negative entity, like I said, at the beginning of your journey to try to steer you off that positive journey. But the mo- once you start on it and you start becoming stronger, that's it. You're self-protected. Again, for those of you who may be new to my show or to me, the way you tell whether a message or any guidance is coming from a higher source, and I'm talking loved, deceased loved ones, most of them evolve on the other side. Yes, they do. Um, ascended masters, teachers of some kind, the angels, the archangels, God, you know. 
all of those entities, Buddha, Mohammed, all of those ones on the other side that are masterful now. The way you know that they're talking to you is the message is always a positive one. A positive one. Anything that's negative, you're either making up or a negative entity is feeding you. Nothing from God is negative. Not anymore. It's done destroying us. We're not. So remember that. Remain positive and you don't have anything to worry about. Look at that. And I'm not just talking about have a positive attitude, you know. And 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 again, if you're going to tell me, well, I, you know, I am just a positive person. I'm a helper and I have a business and I have this and I have that. But I still get you know, these negative attachments and these energies wanting to follow me home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't sit here and say you're correct. I'm going to have to tell you you're wrong. You're not as positive as you think you are. I know you want to believe you're on a spiritual journey. I know you want to believe you're really good. But I doubt that you Really believe in and trust yourself. Now, you don't have to be perfect at this. I don't have negative. I'm not perfect. I get little Vinny wanting to tell me that I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. People don't really care. Yeah, little Vinny can come up. Sometimes he's more inflamed than others. I got to, you know, constantly reparent him and talk with him and it's okay. But even in that, I still don't get negative entities following me or trying to make me feel bad. I just don't. Because I'm not going to create that. I'm not feeding into it. I don't need to feed into it. And the reason why it ties in with the first conversation at the first half of this show is because the other reason why you could be attracting negative entities or negative voices is because it gets you the attention you need emotionally and mostly on an unconscious level. I know some of you may get mad at me because it's like, no, I am not doing that till I get attention. Well, then get rid of it. Don't need to tell people, oh, yeah, I've had these. I'm an empath. I'm an empath. I feel everyone's pains. And that's the reason why I can't do the work that I meant to do. I'm always, I'm such a good person. I'm always attracting negative people. I'm always attracting, you know, I'm such a good worker, healer. But I keep attracting these negative entities. They're always trying to stop me. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I'm not judging any of you, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's okay. It's not okay to be believing that. It's not okay to be feeling any of that. You're supposed to be feeling great about yourself, especially if you're doing any of that positive work. That's very rewarding. Right. You're not supposed to be feeling then, oh, I got negative entities that takes away from your joy. It takes away from who you really are and you don't need it. So just acknowledge that you're doing it. You're not a bad person. Not not a one of you for doing that. People don't always know. They don't know for the most part. Most people don't know that they're doing that because that's an unconscious defense mechanism. But listen to yourself. Hear yourself. When somebody asks you, here's here's the be-all, get-all question to find out where somebody's mind is at. What's the first thing we say to each other when we just see each other, we're just visiting, we haven't seen each other for a little bit. After we say, hello, it's good to see you, what's the first question out of our mouth? How are you? Actually, it should be the first question out of your mouth. But you can also tell with people that are so self-involved, they don't even get to that question during your entire visit, right? 
But the first question you ask is, how are you? Then listen to the answers. Am I suggesting don't share any of your negative experiences with people? No, I'm not suggesting that. But when you're visiting, when you're calling each other up on the phone, now if it's a daily thing, you know, I know people, my wife calls her sister almost daily. How you doing? What's going on? What's going on, on? You know, and it can go, I think, you know, should you really be starting the answer off with, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe what has happened to me. You know exactly the direction where that conversation is going, and you know the exact reason why the person needs to share that. Because they need the attention. They need that mommy and daddy comforting. It's going to be okay, honey. Let me stroke your hair. That's what they need. Now, when I want to share some things that may have happened, I never start off with that. It's like, oh, my God, because I don't believe in that. My life has been great. My Oh, things have been great. Holy cow. Um, We just had fun. We just finished our backsplash. I'm so excited. Doesn't it look great? We're having a, well, a, a, a retaining wall built, and we're putting up a fence. Yeah, okay. really? Oh, my gosh, that sounds so great. What's, you know, enough? Yeah, I'd, oh, yeah, yeah, what? Oh, yeah, I remember the problem that I told you that I had with the water. No, they fixed that. Yeah, that's maybe not as good as it should be, but it's okay. It'll get better. Don't worry about it. It's fine. What about you? I want to hear about you. That's how a healthy conversation goes, you know? They're asking about you. They really want to know. They're curious. You don't lay your dirt on them first, but there's nothing wrong with sharing. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I forgot last week I was really sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's the reason why I didn't answer the phone. I know you called, but I was laying in bed. Really? What was wrong with you? Ah, crazy. I don't know. Thank God it wasn't the coronavirus, but I was feeling pretty lousy. But I'm better. People do want to know what's going on in your lives. They do care. But what do you need to share and why do you need to share it? That's what you should be asking yourself. And do you need the attention? No. Do you need an evil spirit to get attention? No. You've got all the attention you need because you are connected to everything wonderful, everything good. And it doesn't have to be pertaining to any of these humans here. It doesn't have to pertain to what's going on on the earth. It's about what's going on in your life and what you believe about yourself. And then I promise you, you will attract nothing but goodness. Yes, nothing but goodness. And so so that's what I basically wanted to leave you with today is really examining yourself and being honest with yourself. So, so already... Let's see. My goodness. Next week is June 2nd. So we're going to be starting the month of June and the shows and it's Father's Day month. I want you to keep returning here to Unity Online Radio. We have incredible shows and hosts here. I'm Vincent Jenna. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. See you next week, gang. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.